Hey guys, how you doing? Emerald Baseball Academy podcast. John Sintez here. First off, I want to start off thank our sponsor, Born in the Cage Apparel. Check them out, borninthecage.com. Got this awesome America flag. Um, uh, Benji, uh, they might have uh, what do you, they have? I think they have a Greece one. They've got a uh, they've got a bunch of different nationality ones. You know, uh, <laughs> not <laughs> interested. Get you one up there. You know, uh, you know they got the. The Puerto Rican one, the Cuba, they got a lot of good stuff. Uh, they got, uh, I don't, you probably see me wear it too. They have another one that I really like. It's uh, Born in the Bullpen with a backwards K on it. That's, a, that's one of my favorite ones also. I'll talk to these guys. Maybe we can uh, work something out. Um, we talked a little earlier about possibly trying to get you to uh, meet them. So hopefully they'll probably have some shirts. So, you know, bring 10 yes. bucks or it will. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, welcome to the show, Benji. Benji Waits uh, in Huntsville, Alabama. I appreciate you coming on. Um, a little history. Uh, Benji, you and I uh, played against each other to start. I saw you from afar. I, the, uh, you were a two-year Pecos League guy just like myself. Um, two years, right? Uh, I was a one-year guy. You were a one-year guy? Yeah, so I was a one-year guy. you were just my second year. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, just oh, the second year. Second year. You actually had the privilege of being on the reality show uh, yeah. for the Pecos League. And <laughs> I have to say, I only saw one episode. I'm so sorry because I was in Mexico playing. But I heard amazing things. Like my wife, my family, they were all like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you, you heard good things, really. Because yeah, yeah, I, I watched two and a half episodes, and I heard the opposite. So, you know, I wasn't able to make it through the whole season. Well, it didn't get picked up for another season. So <sighs> That's strange. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Maybe they realized that... Maybe maybe the commissioner of the league might have had an issue of how they portrayed it, you know? Or the players stopped watching it halfway through. I don't know. Who knows, you My know? My favorite part was the commercial. Did you see having to catch the trailer commercial? Which one? Oh, it was like this. The first one was great because it was like they build it up and it was like, it went down, and then it had, uh, uh, what's his name, going like, well, you got the majors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Triple A, double A, single A, indie ball, Pecos League. Like, yeah, that's, we found a way to get below all the yeah. other people that are playing right the next way, to Pecos League. They transition to it, and like every, all the kids grew up to play professional baseball, and nobody grows up to want to play the Pecos League. I was like, oh, <laughs> I to start the show? Like, oh. oh. It can't go anywhere good after that. They're just no, like, well, yeah. we're setting you up for failure. This is not where you want to be. And these people, well, they're kind of screwed. Yeah. Well, and me playing, you know, against you guys, it was fun to see the cameras and the stuff like that. And, you know, I got to see myself a little bit in the All-Star game and, and stuff. But I remember talking. That was like one of the first times you and I actually talked and started hanging out a little bit in the All-Star game. And I remember seeing you and Fabry talking about a trade that had happened. And oh, I yeah. cannot believe how, like, in, you, like, you were over here, we're having a good conversation, and you just went, oh, my God. Like, you were completely in character. And I was like, oh, these guys bought in. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, you see that as bought in. I saw that as sarcasm. But nobody else was like, oh, oh, my gosh, he must be doing that for the camera. I was just, yeah. by that time, I was completely over it. I was like, oh, wait, something happened? Camera in my face. I'm like, <sighs> No, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? say? You're, you're petitioning the real world to um, try to break their limit of like 27 years old. Are you trying to get, you know? I, if I never get in front of another camera besides this, I will be completely okay with that. Be <laughs> That's hilarious. I would love to be in the real world. I would never do, I would never be anybody that would like cause any controversy, but I would be the guy that would just go into the, the little room on the side and just be like, 
these people are crazy. They're absolutely crazy. Like, I'd just be on the fly on the wall. They'd be like, John, you don't really do anything. I'm like, I'm doing a lot. I'm enjoying the show. Like, I am front, <laughs> I am front row of the boxing match. <laughs> I am. I have the best seats in the house. You yeah. guys don't recognize it. Yeah, Watch this. I sit down with the popcorn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, that, that had to have been a great experience. You got any funny stories that, uh, that maybe happened, didn't on the show, that didn't make the air? Oh, well, we had a couple air out sessions um, in my truck from uh, the house that we were staying at. And there was two or three of us that stayed there. And, and uh, well, we would set a camera. They'd give us a camera so that we could go and come back and kind of, you know, just record some of the stuff and our thoughts on the games and stuff. We had two or three sessions that we decided needed to be, you know, recorded over because they were inappropriate for the show. And if that were ever to make it on TV, <laughs> I would not be allowed to go home. Like, so. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's it. So, you know, we, we went through that whole ordeal and, you know, by, by the end of it, and uh, it had worn me out pretty good. And we had some struggles with our manager a little bit. And But with all that kind of pile on top of yourself, that, you know, it makes up for a pretty good meltdown at the yeah. end of the season. So first to last is pretty good. Yeah. Well, we actually chased your team right at the end of it. Um, we You guys beat us by a half game getting into the playoffs. And we were coming in hot. The, my team to your team we yeah. won like our last 10 and you guys like needed us to like if we won our last 11 like you guys would have been we would have flip-flopped in, in the and but you guys held on to it so yeah we were we were pretty sure that um who was it lost y'all were playing las vegas or something like that we could never be las vegas anyway no. we're like oh my god they're gonna blow this game we're like, wait, no, they should win because they know that we could never beat them. If we like, if we could blame them a hundred times, we'd win once. Like we'd win <laughs> twice, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, awesome, awesome. Were there any uh, personalities that uh, that you really enjoyed hanging out with on that team? Anybody? Um... Yeah, well, you you know the the captain of the team is always an interesting character, and, and he's <laughs> he's got to shoulder the load of let's see, um, he's got to deal with the camera people, he's got to deal with the coach, he's got to deal with the players, and then he's kind of like the in between guy. If something goes wrong with the cameras or the coach or the manager, JD, which we had a lot of confrontations with, they all went to him. So he was like carrying like all of the burdens of of the team on him on his own. So like he could barely walk out the right field or the center field into play. So watching that was brutal. Yeah. But, <laughs> and that was uh, that was Jacob Fabry, right? Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's a good dude. I enjoy having good battles against him. He's he was probably one of the only people um, in my pitching career with him being a leadoff guy. So you know he wasn't always a leadoff guy, but when he was, I would intentionally throw a first pitch of the game changeup just because I knew he was swinging. Something that you would never do, like in a in like what I call a real game, you know. Where I'm yeah. like, well. <laughs> I'm, I'm about 6,000 feet up if I throw a fastball and he know a fastball is coming he could probably pop one up and who knows where this thing's gonna go so oh yeah it's not safe any balls in the air in that league it's not you can't yeah. trust it you can't I, I try to explain to people and, and people look at ERAs and stuff and they were like you know someone was like you know your, your your ERA the year before was like six and a half almost seven but then you ended up with a three one I was like you don't understand how like a three one in that league is like <laughs> that's like a one like, that's it's you should be celebrated if you yeah, can stay exactly. around four. Four is a good number. Yeah. Four is a good number. Yeah, exactly. So it just it gets a bad rep on that part, and you know, and then you, you got hitters that go out that have Nintendo numbers like you know twenty six home runs, batting five hundred, and everybody's like, come on, you know, and yeah, it, it is what it is. It's, I mean, it, it definitely gave me an opportunity to, to get better and get where I needed to go. I don't I don't doubt that, but it was definitely an experience of a lifetime, and you know, 
everybody likes to complain about the Pecos League, and don't get me wrong, I was definitely one of them. But I did understand what I was getting myself into those two years, you know, where it was like, all right, well, this is what has to happen. You know, you gotta, you gotta wear the the mail room every once in a while, you know, in life. Well, I'm glad you knew what you got into, because me, on the other hand, I just walked into the bus hall. I had no idea. I was like, well, this is where I'm at. <laughs> so yeah, oh, you God. got you had no clue. Then you had your manager, and then you had a reality show. Like you, wow, congratulations, man. You really. You took the oh game. gosh! I was like, listen, if I get cut from this team in spring training, what a way to go in front of everyone! So it's not like you know your parents knew about it and some friends heard about it. It's like that's on TV, and bitch, we're gonna have to let you go. You just really suck. Like, oh, they, I remember oh. the two episodes that I saw. That there was one of the guys in spring training hitting. First of all, you're hit. You have a. A, a sledgehammer? No, 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 not that one. It was the guy hitting uh, wiffle balls by the pool. Yeah. He, he had a solo wiffle ball thing, which, by the way, I didn't even know that was a, uh, a product. I was like, wow, that's somebody missed out an opportunity for product placement there. <laughs> you guys messed that one up. You totally should have jumped in on that, you know? And he's over here just swatting ping pong balls with, I think he was hitting with, like, I don't remember. He wasn't even hitting with a bat. He was hitting with something. Yeah, he was bunting with like a hammer thing. Like, I don't even, I was confused. I was like, okay, so we're encouraging dropping the barrel. Let's go ahead and get this going. <laughs> this is good. I like this. Let's separate into thin air. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that's uh. So let let's go over your skills real quick. You're a starting pitcher. You're like six foot nine, three hundred and fifteen pounds. Creative. There we go. I like that. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're a big guy. You're like six five, like two twenty. And but the thing that I found out when we played together, you got a hell of a stroke. Uh, I remember being in the cage when we were in Kansas, and I was like. Whoa! Check this guy out. <laughs> this guy's hitting it harder than you know uh, than most people. So uh, you know, you're a starting pitcher. You you, uh, you went to University of Alabama Birmingham, mm-hmm. uh, close to your hometown. Uh, we've talked about. I got family in Birmingham, and and uh, you know, it's it's an. I love Birmingham. I love going up there. I don't. I lived there for for one summer, playing some summer ball there. And I realized that I don't necessarily like it in long doses. It's like a, you know, it's like a shot. Can't blame me for that. Can't it's, blame me for that. It's a shot. Al- Birmingham, Alabama for me is like a nice shot of some Jack Daniels. Thank you. <laughs> and I will not have any more for a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take a break. I'll, yeah. I'll let you know when I'm going to come back. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> but it was a good time. You know, it, I was able to throw and get better. And it's pretty much the story of my life is always, where can I throw, where can I get better? So, um, yeah. Let's run through that college career real quick. Uh, we got any accolades? Did we get anything? Uh, you played Division One ball. That had to have been exciting. Yeah, I actually played for two Division One teams. I started. I came out of high school. Um, I came out of high school ranked. I think it was like the tenth top, the tenth prospect coming out of Alabama that year out of high school. Um, I came out as a two-way guy. I went to Samford, which is in Birmingham. I went there for two seasons. Um, did not. Th- throw much um the first year at all i did more hitting the first year um i'd had some i guess you call locating issues <laughs> coach says throw it harder i try to throw it harder and now i know even i have even smaller idea of where it's going you know like out of high school it's like i'm just gonna try to throw it here and it's like throw it harder okay let's try to make it catchable like you know like, so uh, exactly, exactly. Second year, you know, I had a little run in with the coach. I threw better, so that actually was it worked out well for me, and uh, I had a chance to to transfer, and I went to uh, to UAB after that. But I spent two summers 
in um, in Orlando playing uh, in a the collegiate, collegiate league. Yeah, yeah. What's exactly. Uh, the Sanford River Rats. Really? So, really? Yeah, so that was cool. I actually didn't even know that league existed. I was kind of upset about it because I had, when I went to West Florida, um, they had sent me to Kansas. And then I found out that league was there. But I found out after my senior year, and I was like, why can't you send me? I, I live here in Florida. That's five hours away. And I had, yeah. you know, but I mean, yeah. Kansas was great. Don't get me wrong. You know, I was able to play in Wichita and. That was an awesome experience, and I got to play in the Valley in Virginia, and that was great too. But it's still like, this is pretty close to home, right? Yeah, yeah. you know, like <laughs> being a, being like, you know what? Maybe I'll I'm not gonna throw this week. I'll go home for a week and say hi to the parents, and you know, and stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it, it, it worked out good. I mean, um, I had a couple guys from the from the schools that I played with uh, go with me down there, so I made it fun. And you know, coaches would come by and they tell you stuff to work on this and that. But as soon as you get away, especially if you struggled early in college, it's good to kind of change scenery and get the heck out of there and kind of yeah. start over. You know, so kind you of idea. Basically, I guess you could almost say you were kind of like a JUCO guy, basically, by transferring out of there. And did you have to sit out at all, or or? It it was the very last year that you could transfer D one to D one without sitting out a season. Really? Okay, it was the last time you could wow. do that. Oh, okay. What year? So was that? Uh, let's see. Freshman year was 2006, 2007. I guess it was two that it was the summer of 2007. Yeah, a long time ago, man. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Uh, <laughs> so, I understand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I got my 10 year reunion coming up this weekend, and it's let's kinda... let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> I embrace it. I mean, I shave this, and I look like I'm 12. Like I get carded all the time if I shave this or whatever for anything. It's, but you know. You and your beautiful locks and that, and that nice. Well, you, well, you know, you got to work on this. The sun beats it up. It's it's a moisture problem. <laughs> yeah, playing in playing in Southwest Texas, you know, it's, uh, it's brutal. Like, yeah. <laughs> you never had a good hair day out there, dude. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay, all right. Well, uh, <laughs> that's. That was cool. So then you go to UAB, and, and mm -hmm. what what was what happened there? Did you? Um, let's see. I show up. Um, all right. So I have a good summer coming in there, and uh, they signed me to come in and close for them. All right. Sounds good. That's kind of. That's, I'd rather do that anyway, because it's such an adrenaline rush. They're like, okay, we're gonna close halfway through the season. I'm not doing that well. My shoulder's hurting. Um, turns out that I have. Uh, uh, what is it, a, a slap lesion. I needed a couple anchors in there, and I had three tears in my rotator cuff. One of the tears had a tear next to it. So I actually had four, but it healed back for just a time being. Then I had to get bursitis and uh, capsule shrinkage. So it was pretty much the full ordeal. And um, Now, what do you think that was caused from? Do you think I was... Uh, that, that particular... I'm a firm believer that, like, if whatever angle that you're comfortable throwing, like arm angle that is, yeah. it's... And you don't have pain... I just don't see the reason to change that. And when I went to the uh, Sanford the first year time around, I'm not blaming it on them, but we changed arm slots and and a little bit more over the top so that I could come out of the pendle with a little bit more velocity. And uh, two weeks later, I had I was put on I was shut down for about a month because I had some rotator cuff problems. Yeah. And so you know I'd lean back down and I'd throw more three quarters and it feel better. And then they want me to bring it back up and then I'd have more issues. And I think it's just the wear and tear of all of it. And it was just kind of like a ticking time bomb. Eventually I'm, it was going to happen. I'm never I'm never a fan of doing lessons or anything that happened with me. I, I was in the, I have I, I guess you could say I was in the same situation because uh, I went to JUCO and. Now, I will say that my philosophy from high school to JUCO to four-year and then after that, you know, when I got hurt, um, w the 
things that research that I started doing and stuff. And I was a, a being where I was at in this very lack of education. We didn't have a big university that did camps or anything like that that really could trust. I went. I would go to a Florida State camp. But it was more like a camp showcase, so they really right. wouldn't help you or anything. And that was right at the beginning of the whole short arm thing on the backside, where everybody right. was really getting. You know, I call it carry wood. That's the only way that I can read it. But everybody calls it now this inverted W, which is really just an M to me, as I call it, an M. Right, and, yeah. And I don't, you know, the thing that I like to measure uh, pitchers from is guys that last. I think that's the best way for me to, to describe a successful pitcher. And, you know, you look at Maddox, you look at Glavin. Uh, I, I can't say Smoltrol because he had to change. He had to lower his spot because the way he threw and mm -hmm. he was a real over-the-top guy, you know, that threw. Um, yeah. But you look at them, and they really didn't have, you know, any issues. And they threw more innings and threw, you know, came in prepared and strong. And, and I, you know, I was a huge – you being up in Huntsville, I think you're a Braves fan, right? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good try, though. Good try, though. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm familiar with them because I hate them, but it's okay. Keep me up. It's going to be fine. And team? Are they the Cubs? Uh, yeah, we do really well normally. <laughs> 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 oh, that was a dick. I knew you were coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we know a whole lot about arm injuries up in Chicago, so yeah, we can talk yeah. about this well, for days. And, you know, that was, everybody was excited because there was a starting pitcher throwing 95. You had Mark Pryor doing the same thing. And then, mm -hmm. you know, what looking at how the guys threw that lasted the longest, your Satchel Page, your Tom Seavers, everybody was long and loose, and they had very minimal elbow flexion, you know what I call and that was something that I like to do. And there's a, a trick that I like to do every time I'm, you know, throwing with kids or, you know, and doing lessons is, you know, the lower that elbow is at this 90 degrees right here, the more flexion that you can go back right there. And I'm just reaching and I can, you know, pretty much touch this wall behind me. The higher you go, see, look, the less the elbow flexes right there. And I right. think that is huge. And, and me throwing in, in college, there was, it was the start of this short arm you know, uh, take the ball to hip, fingers to sky, and having this real 90-degree thing. And I was a guy that was a head jerker because I didn't understand how to counterbalance or go down and reach just because it was everything was straight-line throw, you know. That's right. And mm -hmm. so that put a lot of pressure on the shoulder and the elbow and eventually just turned into, a, you know, an overuse situation. And that sounds like the same thing with you. And I, I, I was taught, I saw something online the other day that was uh, James Andrews had, Dr. James Andrews had said something about, you know, 98% of arm injuries are overuse. And, you know, looking at it and how you naturally throw, you know, just like what you were saying is, is if that's your natural arm slot, I don't want to change that at all. I just want to put right. you in a good, safe position and then go through that. Now, if you're, you know, if your elbow's below your shoulder, uh, you know, or the hand is inside real hard and creating tension on that elbow. Maybe I'll say something about that, but how you throw it, I won't. You know, yeah. as long as you don't hurt, you know, I think that that building on that. I really think that's the big key is that, uh, especially when they're younger, you can mold a little bit more there, but it's based, all basically off of are you sore, are you hurting while you throw, are you sore the next day, that's more encouraging. But if while you're throwing you have tightness, you have pain, you have something that, that, that causes you discomfort, then we should probably make an adjustment. But until that point, I really don't think it's necessary. And you can change your body position, you can change all that, but to arm swing and the, and the release point, I think all of that's the kind of stuff just kind of needs to find its way and settle into its own natural um, like existence. Because as soon as you start forcing stuff and you try to make people create rhythm that they don't have inside of a delivery is when injuries come and they come in a hurry.
I agree. I agree. And, and that, that goes along with something else that I like to do where, uh, and I have a lot of dads that do this, you know, someone's like, Hey, you know, teach my son a slider, teach my kid a curveball. Right. And, and when I look at a kid and throw, I, you know, and I'm not again, I'm a, I throw a slider and a curveball and a cutter, um, and the kitchen sink, uh, mm -hmm. when I'm up there, whatever's <laughs> going to get me an out. But I have learned that, you know, originally in high school, I really tried to throw 12, six, cause that was like the popular pitch, and, you know, throwing right. a 12, six off the table, you know, and the, the illusion with the 12, six is that it looks kind of like a four seam fastball when you throw it right because the rotation is, you know, that four seam spin and you're going to trick the guy. And I really wish, you know, and going to those camps and stuff, it was the same thing, you know, power breaking ball, this and that. And, and, you know, I even had, and when I got to junior college, they told, they took my curveball away from me and they were like, no, you know, uh, um, you're going to be a three pitch guy, master those three pitches, and then go from there. And that always just never made sense to me. I, I never felt like I had my tool belt of pitches, you know. I, right. mean, I came in, mm -hmm. I came in out of high school, four seam, two seam uh, change. I was at the time I was throwing a two seam change, but I didn't even know what that was. Uh, you know, I was throwing a curveball and and uh, slider, and my worst pitch was probably my slider. My best pitch was probably my changeup, and I could, you know. You see it now where, you know, like uh, I'm a big fan of James Shields right now in the playoffs, and he throws two different change-ups, and he throws them inside to lefties and righties. I mean, he threw he threw his sequence that I saw to um, – who was it? Oh, it was uh, um, uh, lefty, big lefty. Um, help me out here. Nope. Uh, nope. I won't. <laughs> uh, uh, Hamilton, Josh Hamilton. <laughs> He threw a sequence to him that made so much sense when I was watching it and seeing what he was doing. And then he did the same sequence, different location. But he threw a four-seam inside changeup to Hamilton. Hamilton was so out, so out in front, not even close, right? Then he mm -hmm. came back and went two-seam inside change. Again, this one bounced. He swung right over the top of it. And then he went fastball, four-seam inside for a ball that he swung over the top of. It was completely laid on it. Um, and more and more I think about it, and especially being down in Mexico, it was something that I, I had done to righties that I really enjoyed where, and here's the trick, you being a hitter, is if you see white ball and you see straight and you see inside, what do you think it is? I mean, it's funny to get fastball coming in, don't you? Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so by throwing that inside and letting it not get there, everybody sells out. They, they First thing you're taught as a hitter, what were you taught the first thing for you to read? I'm confused now. I'm worried. I'm going to answer this incorrectly. We uh, we were looking for plane, and so if we saw something hop up, then we, we were told to wait back on it. If we saw something that was hard and coming down, then you're you're cutting the hands loose. Okay, so that's so, why the changeup is effective on that, right? And so then if you see that, right, exactly. the next thing you look at is what is it either spin or inside or outside? Um, I'm, I'm going heavy on spin. You're going so, heavy on spin? Yeah, so I'm going heavy on spin. four-seam change getting you right there. Now we get yeah. to see four, we see that four-seam inside. If you throw the four-seam change right and you stay true to your four-seam fastball spin and don't turn it over, if you stay right behind it, mm -hmm. then you're going to have that fastball spin. It's going to come in there, and then the last part is yeah. that location. You know, and yeah, you, yeah. It's... If you get hurt, most of the time what I have saw was that guys just rip it foul, you know, because mm -hmm. there's – there's too many triggers of yes, 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 just like that you just saw that we talked about, and for you to throw, and then you know the two seam change having a little bit more run and stuff in there.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I just think it's um, that the sequence that the people are throwing are actually getting the people out and less of, less of the actual pitch. I mean, if you locate the pitch about where you're going and you throw the pitch correctly, you can miss in location with a correctly thrown pitch and get the out because the sequence is set up correctly. Exactly. So it's, it, it has less to do with I'm going to throw this pitch a lot harder and get this guy out and more like, okay, I'm going to make sure it's got that last little jump on the ball. And, you know, I'm going to try to throw it here. And if I miss a little in, a little out, it still has a chance to get the guy out rather than just rip and roar and hope for the best. Like, Yeah, I agree. So let me ask you, this is one of my favorite questions to ask young guys. And you and I have great pitching conversations. What do you feel like is more important, movement or deception? Ooh. Ooh. Well, being a sinker guy, I'm heavy on movement because I, I throw let's I throw 85% sinkers. So um, I go a lot off of that. But to be honest with you, if I'm going to go put somebody away, I'm trying to replicate the same um, the same delivery or appearance of a sinker out of my hand, same arm angle, same slot, same everything, and really just finish it different to where it breaks the wrong way so you can draw an X. So I, I'd say I'm banking on the movement so I can get my, that's where our, the bread and butter is right there. But then if we, we need a strikeout or something like that, it's important that you have some sort of deception that you can call on. So that, and, that, that would be my see, secondary I love, I love piece. that answer. I do love that answer because it's different per guy. Everybody thinks there's a right and wrong way. I, exactly. I agree. But, you know, with you, that's your style. You're staying true to you. It's true to your arm slot. You're going to, you know, you're going to live or die by your sinker as opposed to someone like me that I'm going to live or die by my sequences and trying to locate my best pitch in this situation and try to deceive the guy rather than, really you know try to pound 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 I mean even though I am a cutter guy I feel like playing cutter slider cutter four seam cutter change up or yeah. you know going back and forth and drawing the X like we were talking about um, there is is something that's more my game plan and, and being in and being a younger guy and not knowing what that was is you know and seeing those you know all the greats I mean you look at you, you look in the playoffs now um, you know Kershaw dominating um, but I feel like his sequences have gotten super predictable, you know, yeah. and, and it's not even a bad thing. You know, it, it, it seems like, you know, it's more of a commonplace now in the, in the show where pretty much every two one count, you're getting some form of hard slider. And, you, you know, you saw where he was ahead of guys his last outing, not tonight, mm -hmm. I didn't really get to catch that. But, you know, and, and people are like, well, this is what I'm going to see if you're playing, you know, people are playing cards against him, I think. I think they're playing, they're playing blackjack. Like, this right. is my percentage that I'm going to get this pitch. I'm going to sit on that because he throws this and this percentage, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, with a guy like that, he's got all, all the all the pitches that he's got in his bag are lethal in and of themselves. And so you really, like, he's the exception to selling out to one pitch in each count. Like, he's the exception. Everybody else is is your, your reading pitches, your reading location, and that's how you're at, that's how you're Xing off pitches that you're gonna swing or not swing at. Yeah. For him, like and if and if he gets predictable in his sequence, his stuff should allow him to still be successful. But if everybody's sailing out to one pitch, like in two one, like you say, if he's going slider in and I'm right handed and he's trying to bring that back over the plate, I'm gonna try to stay down and put this down the right field line. Like that that's what you're waiting on. He comes inside, so be it. I'm gonna go get another bat. You yeah. know, like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. And that's that's one of the things that I always try to, uh, you know, having young pitchers or people come up. Uh, I got one kid as a senior. Um, he's a little inconsistent on his arm slot, but he has potential. He's one of those brain kids. You know, he's like third in his class. And we just started going over spin. He's got a really good curveball. And, he, you know, as far as 
uh, getting throwing it out and understanding not to try to make it spin, but use your grip and throw it as hard as you can out and let the grip make it move. And we just got into two seam sequences and, and change ups and stuff like that because all he had was four seam. He barely could throw a change up and mm -hmm. then throw his curveball. And I go, that's great for high school, but you know, you want to go play college ball and you want to go dominate college ball, let's go do it. And I've, I had a crop, and with him, I just sent a crop of about seven pitchers off to junior college. I, I talked to him and said one of them today, and he was like, hey, just went up to uh, you know play at one of our rival junior colleges. Uh, actually, he's in Alabama. He's down in South, uh, in Bruton at Jeff Davis. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, uh, he said it was like, ah, three innings, two strikeouts through uh, 26 pitches. And I was like, in three innings? He's like, yeah. Beautiful. He's, he's like, these guys don't understand. He's, he's like, I face my, he's like, my coaches are like, hey, you know, you throw a cutter inside to a lefty, you know? And he goes, yeah, my coach taught me that a while ago. Like, just throw that thing, let it run across the blade. If he rips it foul, who cares? Move it in even more, you know? And I was like, yeah, hey. yeah. And he goes, the first baseman's just got to be on his toes. I'm like, that's a 19-year-old kid. Good job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job. You know, he was like, he's like, hey, man, all the stuff you told me, my coaches don't understand, but I get it. And I was like, well, does it work with you? And he goes, yeah, it works every time. I'm like, keep doing it. They're not going to change yeah, yeah, it yeah. if it works. <laughs> They're not going to complain about outs. Like, they may be like, hey, we want you to throw this fastball here. But, you know, if you throw a cutter, it's kind of a fastball. So there you go. Exactly, exactly. We're creating a little bit of gray area. <laughs> yeah. We might have a conversation later about why that went down just a little bit at the end. But it was a ground ball. It was a ground I, ball. I don't know what happens, Coach. I just throw it and hope for the best. <laughs> Sometimes ignorance works perfect on there, huh? Mm, beautiful. I'm only 19. I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, dude. If, I heard it the other day. Uh, uh, tomorrow I get to go throw at the college that I train at, and one of the guys that's an assistant coach there, uh, he hates me, but we're back and good now because his senior year was number one in the state. I threw a no-hitter when I was a junior, ruined their whole, like, whole moxie like they were supposed to go win the state title they were the guys and i was just like hey change up curve fastball go sit. <laughs> they're like who's this guy i'm like hi hey <laughs> just i'm just in town for a little bit i'm gonna be leaving soon so yeah. that i don't get shanked <laughs> yeah so it was and he works there now and we always and we always give each other a hard time and, and one thing that even though we grew up in the same kind of area he's never caught me and i told him last time i said uh, why don't you get back there let's have a little fun you know mess with these college kids a little bit and you know, I'm throwing inside cutters to these, you know, college kids. I saw um, oh, who was throwing. Oh, uh, Wilson had a strikeout uh, last night on a nasty 88-mile-an-hour inside cutter on a guy. You know, and people were like, what the hell is that? And I'm like, that's a good pitch. That is yeah. <laughs> Righty, righty, and whoop, just right off the inside corner. That's not fair. Like, Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of people that are complaining are the ones that know they can't hit it. Like, yeah, I did exactly. not see that coming. Yeah, this yeah. guy sucks. He won't even challenge me. Yeah, he won't, he won't even Why? challenge me. Yeah. Why? Like, oh, what did he do? Hang a slider right there? Like, oh, it's a slider. Whack. Oh, whoa. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so what you did there. Yeah. That was a new one, you know? So, but yeah. So awesome, awesome. Well, let's get into your specialty, the the your bread and butter. Um, I, when we were in Kansas, we got mm -hmm. to play catch, and with one of our other buddies, who I'm I'm trying, I'm gonna hopefully get him on here, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, and we can talk about his you know nasty stuff also. But you and I we had a great conversation about spin and and trying to get things to do things and. I with my arm slot, I actually do break out the sinker sometimes, but I actually use it more of an out pitch. Like you were talking about finishing it a little bit more, um, I try to use it. I try to use two different ways, and I'm sure you'll show us the grip. I remember, um, and and we'll, I've got a ball too, and we'll talk about maybe we can exchange some ideas and some information here, which is what 
I love about this situation is the conversations that we've had over over the years, you know, in the bullpen or playing catch and stuff like that, that people don't understand what, and, mm-hmm. and why a lot of people are holding on to this information. If it were to get out there, I think it would just help the game so much. And that's what one of the things that I really wanted to do with this is just if anybody has a question, they can hop on here, send an email, ask a question, and we can be like, yeah, you know, it's this is why the ball does that. You know, you see in Jensen throwing 98-mile-an-hour cutters, and people are, you know, the, the announcers say, oh, it's a natural thing. And, like, me being a cutter, I'm like, no, it's not. Like, that's not natural. Like, it's just. Yeah, somebody spent time to make that work like that. Like, yeah, let's give exactly. him a little bit of credit. He's not and gripping it and just throwing it. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's like, you know, probably what happened is when he was a catcher and he was on it and it did have natural cut, someone was going like, okay, uh, you know, let's get this guy to a cutter guy, maybe show him a couple things. Like, hey, now you have a clue of what you're doing. Now you can just let that thing fly and yeah you know, that's the fun thing about the cutter is is you know i'm sure you have to with your sinker is you know sometimes you may miss location but if it's a four seam straight ball it's getting smoked but exactly if it's a, if it's yeah. a cutter like some sometimes i've thrown a cutter and it'll back up on me and it'll be just whoop, around the inside corner and the guy's like what the heck's that and then the catcher's like well you know i missed but it's i still a, got it it's a bad pitch but yet it worked <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. so let's go over that grip let's go through your you know your thought process. I know that you have like a special glove thing and how the ball comes this out. This is true. And, this is true. So let's go yeah. through the whole sequence here okay. and see if we can't show everybody from. What, All right. What so uh, so basically, what happened was is after I had surgery, I came back. We had a, we got a different pitching coach. Okay. Um, we sat down. I talked with him, and he saw me throw a couple times. Like, listen, you may used to be able to run it up there, but you can't do that right now. Your shoulder's just not. It's just not going to happen right now. Okay. So. Let's just try to like drop the pride for a little bit, and let's see if we can get something out of your fifth year. Let's try to be productive. And so uh, the way I throw four seams anyway, my hand rolls over a whole lot. I pronate, you know, pretty heavy. And uh, so the ball would sink a little bit here and there when I did throw it correctly, but it was by accident because I had no idea what I was doing. So anyway, it's like, listen, back off. We're going to throw the ball at 80%. We're not going to try to blow it by anybody. And so what happened basically was he wanted me to throw a one seam. So it's pretty much – get this right here and I would lay it over and I'm just getting on one seam like this you split it you split it. yeah I, I I try not to it's it's really not a fancy grip it's one a thumb on the seam on the bottom yeah okay and basically all I'm trying to do is and all, depending on the day it will uh, my fingers will move <laughs> up on it or I'll move down on See, it that, okay? that's what, this is what I love about this too because I'm the exact same way it's like depending yeah. on the day when I grab the cutter like one day I could be right in the middle of the ball and I could really, you know, and another day, like, I'm like, you know what, maybe the wrist is a little here and I'm, you know, pushing exactly. it. Exactly. You know, it's just what you're feeling. It's such a feel pitch, you know? 100%. And, and, if, and if you have a pitch that you're going to lean on, okay, you have to get it right before you get on the mound. I'm, that's what I'm a firm believer. So while I'm warming up, okay, and just playing catch nice and easy, that's when I find out. I The catcher always knows I'm going to ask about it. It's like, okay, is there a line on that? So when I throw it, normally you'll have one single line, yeah. okay? And it's going to be tilted off the side because I throw goofy. So it's off to the side. So it's one <laughs> line like this, okay? Yeah. And if the line's blurry, then I make an adjustment on the grip. And if that's not it, then I go back to the original grip, and then I make sure I finish the pitch correctly. Okay. Anyway, so basically, no, hold, on, all I'm, hold on. Let's go over that. Yeah. That's huge. That's like the key to the whole thing about the sinker is is having the prominent, heavy line, and, mm-hmm. as opposed to the blurriness. Now, that's that is the secret. 
the, by the way, to the sinker. And, and yeah. for everybody that ever played catch with or when I throw it, that's the same thing I ask them. Like, is there a line or is it kind of you know off kilter? Is it not rotating correctly? And, and correct me if I'm wrong, basically what we're trying to do to create this line is with the baseball right here, we have mm -hmm. this seam. This seam has to perfectly replicate into the next ball. And see, I did that terribly right there, but it has to come through kind of like this, right? Where yeah. it's kind of perfectly going through. And see, I did it terrible again right there. So I can't. Is it? <laughs> yeah. There it is. There yeah. it is. Now I got it. I got it. There we go. So it's got to come through perfectly like that. And that's going to mm -hmm. create that line that we're looking for. And in fast motion, you know, going away from you, could you ever see the line going away from you? Or Absolutely not. It's more of a feel thing. It's a feel thing on my side. And it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a look to the catcher. And as soon as we line up, you know what I mean? It's like, we're bouncing this and that. I'm like, Oh, that one felt terrible. That one felt terrible. That one felt better. All right. Was that one better? No. Okay. Just kidding. Didn't mean it. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you're working, you're working it out. And then, uh, but, to, but I, I think, um, as soon as, as you click and it's like, okay, that one look, I was like, all right, that's the one I'm like, okay, let me see if I can repeat that again. Cause obviously throwing one good sinker is not going to get somebody out. Yeah. You need to like, you drop one in there and then you put it right back in the same spot and you, well, let's do this. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is going to be all day. Yeah. So, um, so it's uh, getting the feel right and making sure the rotations are right and allowing your body to have some build some rhythm because this is a rhythm pitch. This is not heavy four seam, overhand curveball type of thing. This is finesse. No matter, um, I, I was throwing in college, um, I was throwing 83, 85, going into Tuscaloosa, getting people out in Tuscaloosa at at Alabama, getting people out, you know, at Mississippi State. Getting, you know what I mean? Like this, this is this is not just some like getting push over like a low DN one guy, like D one guys out. Like this is legitimate people. Like we're, we're pitching against the, what's his name's playing third base for the, the Washington nationals right now. Um, he played at rice and can't remember what the heck his name was. Anyway, not important. He went first overall and got like 3 million, whatever. Not a big deal. Right. Okay. So <laughs> that's semantics. Exactly. Exactly. So, but what, what's important, I, I feel like for me, and doing this, okay, it's different as a starter and as a reliever, but as a starter, it's important to have rhythm and create your own rhythm so that you can repeat the pitch over and over again so that way you can be successful over a long period of time. If you're coming out of the pan and you're throwing this pitch, you're doing, uh, most of the time I would get brought into situations where it's like rocking a hard spot, like one out, second and third, hey, we're up by one, don't blow it for us, you know what I mean, like that kind of yeah. stuff. That changes everything. Now we're just trying to make it move. We're just trying to throw something that looks like a strike, but doesn't end up as a strike. Yeah. So let's get somebody to swing, right? So, yeah, exactly. But, but um, it, learning a pitch, you don't want to do that. You're trying to get some sync. You're trying to get consistent sync and the same thing over and over again so you can know where to start the pitch. So if it's moving, hammering one side, like way more two seam, then I'm, I'm rolling over too much. You got to stay through it a little bit more. If it's going straight down or a little bit down and it's going down in the corner, that's beautiful as long as it's consistent. So, so you, you like the sinker. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. You like the sinker. Sorry to interrupt you. In a good mm -hmm. no, go ahead. You don't necessarily like it up and down or side, not even. I've heard people like it to be almost this way, but you're actually saying that you want it maybe like a 10, you know, a you know, maybe a, let's say an 80 degree angle. So it's more like that right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm okay. 
I'm not picky about this because I feel like if the ball goes down, the ball goes down and it's going to get underneath the barrel. Yeah. Okay, so um, as long as I stay away from the two-seam alone movement, because if you repeat a two-seam over and over again, they're going to catch on in a hurry. Yeah. Okay, now if if you're sinking a ball, sinking a ball, sinking a ball, and then you run a, like a slider over the, that goes the other way, then it just throws everything out, out, of, out of whack, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's what we're trying to get. We're trying to get that last, like, I need to work to get underneath this pitch, but if it goes the other way, then I'm going to look foolish. So there's always that last little thing in the back of your head, like this may not be the right, and it did the same thing again. Oh my gosh, like that. So um, I'm actually going for anything from straight down to just like a click over to the side. So like it's just like here or off to the side. So anything in this like little triangle like this is, is beautiful for me. Okay. As long as it's doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, if it's, like I said, if it's hopping around a little bit, then you're not going to be able to locate. And if you can't locate, then you're worthless to everybody. So it's, you, you have to be able to locate the pitch. So that's why repeating the same pitch over and over again becomes very important, especially if you're throwing something that moves and that's supposedly a fastball. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, well, that, you know, and that's one of the things, uh, me being a, uh, I, me mixing in the sinker is something more that I use. I use it heavy on lefties when mm -hmm. I really want to get a double play ball. And I really enjoy throwing the difference of the two seam where I can make it go this way right. and then the sinker. And I mentally have to have, you know, you're talking about pronating. I mentally have, you know, one, one of the things that always baffled me, you'll love this story, is when I was in college, we, big, we had this, like, mandatory, you throw four seams arm side, you throw two seams glove side. You know, like right. that's just what happened, right? And I'm like, okay. Well, my throwing partner to this day, he laughs about it. And he turned into a guy similar to you where he was throwing hard and then kind of ran into some issues and then just turned into a two-seam all-day guy. Just like, and then started really started working on that sinker and then just like just came in and you know was, was a high-80s guy and then turned into a mid-80s guy. And he's like, all right, whatever, just meh, 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 you know. And exactly, just, yeah. just letting it work. And I would throw two seams at 90 to 92 miles an hour that would not move. And he would just laugh. He would just be like, dude <laughs> – Hey, I go, dude, he's, you know, I'm, tr I'm talking to my coach. My coach is like, just throw it like your fastball. I'm like, I am. I am throwing it like And it's just coming there, just, you know, just yeah, it's straighter like, than the board. Please. Like, yeah, I'm like, can I get anything? And I didn't understand, you know, how guys got it until, you know, I finally started doing research, trying to figure it out. And now what I like to teach when people are throwing two seams is, I think just like you were saying about the finish, it is a fastball pitch, but I feel like you – for me, that I have to, it's a different pitch mentally. Like, it's not a fastball. Oh, yeah. You know, exactly, yeah. You know, with my two seam, I'm, what I'm trying to think about is these two seams are pointed up for me at a 2 o'clock range. And I'm trying to finish 2 to 7 and pull that thing like that so when it comes off, it has that rotation, so then it grows and then it goes. But when I'm doing the sinker and I'm on that same thing, instead of going there, now I'm actually trying to pull my thumb in a little bit to get that pronation and really go in there and, and throw it hard so I can get that, you know, not necessarily, like you were saying, my, you know, and I feel like mine would actually do that almost, you know, for me, I kind of felt like it was like an accelerated changeup on how I was pronating on it to get it to go there. Right. And I just mm -hmm. wanted it to move. I wanted it to look different. It would have that line on it and, you know, just go from there, just get a double play. So right. that's, you know, that you going through that, that's one of the, the exciting things about that. Now, you're, a, you're talking about a sinker and then a slider. Do you have any other pitches that, that were going back into that deception thing? Uh, yeah. I, I got to tell you, it, 
It really it really depends on what we're doing because I, I try not to get stuck into one specific mold as a pitcher because I feel like that's how you get hurt. Well, that's um, like we're talking about with Kershaw with his thing, you know, going yeah. all in the same sequences. Yeah, yeah, but I, you know, depending on the day, like, okay, so let's say like th this past season, um, I was a long relief guy near the end of the season. Um, I made some mechanical, um, I, some, I basically cleaned up some stuff and freed up my arm a little bit more. So, you know, when we were sitting, let's say, 86 to 89, we sat the, like the last season, 89, 92, getting up to 93, 94. Like now we throw, we do different things now because the velocity allows you to do a little bit more. Um, so at the end of the season, we're mixing in maybe some high four seams or something like of that sort, maybe mixing a split finger occasionally just as a show pitch, not, not with anything, anybody on, but just like you said, like something in the back of your head so that yeah. everybody's coming up there. That's not the same thing. We saw this guy a couple of times. He threw 15 pitches, ran off the mound and we saw 15 sinkers like Okay, now we're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit because people are catching on to that. Now we're gonna start with slider. We're gonna start with slider again. Yeah. Okay, now now we're gonna run it under the hands. Completely different sequence, but because of what the the batters have seen and we know what they're looking at or what they're expecting, then we can kind of change that. But like you said, like I'd like to run some four seams that were that are a little bit more elevated or are honestly a little bit lower where they would spit on a, a sinker because it started too low and just try to ride that thing up underneath and try to get up underneath the, uh, the strike zone a little bit, yeah. something they're not expecting, right? Um, so it, it, I basically stick with uh, sinkers and occasional four seam, and then I throw it's a curveball from a three-quarter slot. So I think curveball, so I don't think slider because I throw terrible sliders. So it's a hard curveball from a three-quarter slot. So my fingers actually get in front of it. It's a curveball. That I just throw in front like See, this. I actually call stuff, you know, especially when I'm teaching it. I like that. I like that you went through that. Um, and maybe it's something. Maybe I can help you with something. Um, the the three quarter slot. You know, I feel like the breaking ball. If you're just trying to make it do something, you know, and and calling it a curveball or something like that. I think that if you just process the arm angle, of what you're trying to do. Uh, mm -hmm. When I'm teaching guys, uh, we talked about this a little earlier. When I'm teaching, I've got a I've got a 12 year old kid. It's just an absolute monster, and uh, he's, he's a little bit bigger guy. Uh, starting to just turn 12, starting to come into his own, but he has natural cut, natural cut. And mm -hmm. I showed him even at 11, and he went to a 12 year old and a 13 year old tournament and just carved him up. And we and he, we sat four seam cutter, and his four seam has a little bit, and his cutter has a lot more. And I remember talking to a dad, and they were like, oh, this kid's throwing a slider. It's terrible for his arm. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This kid's been throwing this way all his life. And I was like, he's not turning the ball. He's throwing it here. And we, and we since then, we've actually added to where the cutter, what I teach, is like a pre-slider. And now what we're doing, we have the same grip. We're going through it, and then we're just coming around it, just like what you're saying. And right. now he's figured out, actually, by throwing into a net, which was cool for, for us to go through this, is... The faster he threw it out, which is what we were talking about, and, and the faster he really didn't really worry about making it spin as opposed to being in this grip and understand what he's trying to do when he's trying to do it, he would get more of a, that tumbling action. So mm -hmm. for, for you with that you know, curveball or you throw terrible sliders or whatever, I think it, the terminology might help you just to call it a breaking ball, just something that's a spin, yeah. you know, a yeah. spinner, and make it just literally make it spin and see what happens, you know, I mean, yeah. with you leaning on it, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I, I really feel like the most of the time when I throw the pitch well, okay, um, and when I get into a groove, almost like with, with throwing sinkers, if you get into a rhythm with it, you don't leave it if it's working, okay? Yeah. And 
the uh, making people want to make curveballs hop up and get around because it looks good. Okay, yeah. that looks good with the camera angle. It looks even better when you're hitting. Yeah. Like, please throw that thing that hops up. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so that like the deception part of it, it's just. I'm looking to throw that particular pitch as hard. I'm trying to throw that with more effort flat. And that way, whatever happens from there on out, I'm comfortable with it because I feel like it's going to have significant bite on it. And whether he swings at it or not, okay, it's something that he's got to think about then. If it comes up and hops up, then all of a sudden, okay, that pitch is not as scary as I thought it might be. Yeah. But, you know, but like we're just trying to create a little bit of chaos in the head so we can go right back to the bread and butter and put it under the hands. Exactly. So, but I. You you, yeah. you hear I, I love that I love the the high and what we were talking about and that's one of the things I think that a lot of people you look at the effective guys Shields and all these guys that really add the high fastball or the because I think there's a high fastball which is maybe eye level the elevated fastball which is about letters to shoulders and you don't see that a lot out of guys um, you know in general about you know possibly being effectively wild or doing that just to add another element you see guys that constantly you're throwing things hard 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 down 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 and you're basically eliminating you know it's really hard to hit this ball but if you're yeah. really consistent about throwing it to a small area and you hear the t all the time where you got big leaguers that get sent down to minor league ball and they can't hit and they're like oh it's way easier to hit in the show than it is because guys throw more strikes they throw things more down and you know you got a kid that might might run one up you know up here a little bit for a second and you know the, the guy's not used to it but i I think that's huge, and that's one of the things that I always, and I'm not necessarily ever worried about missing up on guys. You know, unless it's a breaking ball, it's going to be a hanger. But I do like what you're saying, you know, trying to match planes, be deceiving, you know, have it come out. If it bounces, it bounces. Who cares? Maybe you'll get a swing at it. But, you know, with the, to counteract that part, like you were saying, let there be a hump. You know, I personally think Kershaw has a hump in his fastball, even though people said that he doesn't. But there's mm -hmm. no way you can throw a 75-mile-an-hour curveball like that without having some form of something like that, you know, right. decepting-wise, you know, that just doesn't work that way. Um, but And he's a, a predominant forcing guy. One thing that I don't see him have, and, and I always wonder about this, is why didn't the guy throw a changeup? I mean, he's a lefty. Like, I thought that's what you did as a lefty. Like, I thought you learned a changeup before you learned a fastball. I thought that's how it works. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like every I'm lefty like, is born with a good changeup. Maybe like, not spectacular, but it's better than mine. Yeah, exactly. Like, even if you just show it and you bounce it, like we're saying, like, he throws that forcing fastball, and I know he's throwing a slider. That's great. But where's this guy at? Where's that forcing change? Why, you know, why has no one ever said, you know, this and that? And I think that that's what he's running into problems with the Cardinals where they're just like, okay, we don't have to have a changeup. We were just talking about, you know, the hardest thing to hit, you know, is read up, down. That changeup comes out straight, you know? And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I can be critical of Kershaw to a point where I'm like, hey, you know, you're way better than I am or I'll ever be. But in the same sense, I'm like, we're playing a video game. I'm like, dude, what, what are we doing here? You know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this 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 should be easier. You don't have a change up. This yeah. guy knows that. Yeah. What's going on? Look. <laughs> yeah, you pretty much only have straight hump, uh, cut. Yeah. Uh, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I just think that uh, you know, until he gets to the place maybe in his career where he needs to learn that pitch because obviously he's just running through people through yeah. these long seasons for a long period of time it's not necessary yet but it makes it even more dangerous later down the road he's like okay i'm gonna pull this out of my back pocket where has that been yeah exactly. like you know what the whole thing starts all yeah, over again exactly. now everybody That's starts from scratch like exactly like if you're a sinker guy going out there and then maybe you know you do add a you know a, a 
Uh, and that was one of the things I was going to ask you about too. Is maybe you add a split change in there? You know, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, if you even even played around with that guy, but I I really like it. it just as another variable of the changeup. I throw two, possibly three different changeups, but I always try to play the changeup off that fastball to be deceiving off of what it is. I mean, that's you know throwing inside changeups or something that looks like something else. I think is way more valuable than going out and try trying to just. Nah! You know, pronate the thing, and I want to yeah, be behind it, and I want to behind it, let it carry, let it do its natural work on it, and see what happens. So yeah, 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 and I, I, th- I think also it's important that um, we we get away from everybody's worried about hitting people right now. I think it's okay to start moving feet. Oh yeah, I, I think the second that the hitter gets comfortable in there, you throw too many strikes. It's okay to miss and yeah. miss on purpose. It's okay. Yeah. I'm not saying to hit somebody, but I'm saying. You know, you run one in around hip high, and they had to hop out of the way. Nobody's on base. The ball goes to the backstop. Hold your glove up. I'm gonna need another ball. Yeah, exactly. Like, not a big deal. And that's so that's hilarious that you said that. We uh, last week or two weeks ago, we I did this cool little uh, drill that I'd never done before pitching wise, but it was really fun for me to do. It was a uh, runner on second, two outs, bottom of the ninth, and the only way you could score the guy was by getting a hit. That's the drill that we did. Well, I go nine for nine, get all nine guys out. You know, place in junior college, get to the tenth guy, um, end up having like a nine pitch at bat against this kid, throwing the kitchen sink at him, different locations. He's fouling it off. It's three two, and finally end up going cutter in, and I get the the old typical barrel in jam job over the pitcher, and it nestles in between the shortstop and me, like just <laughs> dude, like, you know, and the, the whole, you know, everybody goes crazy. They win the game, you know, they're excited about it. They don't have to run, you know, and it's kind of a it was a good fun thing. I had a little extra adrenaline going. It was at the end of my throwing session. And so it was a good way to, to go out there. So next, this past week, or last week when I faced the kid, same situation. He gets up. Well, I'm sorry, not same situation. He gets up, and I get this wild hair. I'm like, you know what? This kid's been running his mouth, you know, afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, get, and I go, you know what? I was no, like, I'm not better than this to yeah, act up a little like, up right now. Yeah, exactly. So what I did was something that and everybody freaked out. They had a screen back there so they could watch me throw. I threw on 10 feet, and he's a lefty. I threw on 10 feet behind him, four seam, right behind him. And he flipped. He got out of the box. His eyes were wide. He was like, dude, what the heck is that? And he goes, I go, I just want you to know that I'm here, and it's going to be a good day. <laughs> And you know, and his coach was like, "See, I told you, you shouldn't run it, run your mouth." And, and he was like, "He goes, dude, I, I seriously saw my life flash from And I was like, "The ball was ten feet behind you. Like, I, if I was gonna dot you, I just want you to know that that's where I'm gonna throw it. I could throw it there if I wanted to." Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. The whole thing where he's like, "You can trust me. I'm not gonna smoke you with this ball." Should yeah. never be. Should we should never get there. It's like yeah, I'm. Exactly. I'm not too good to start a little something, get some people riled up because it. That's part of it. Oh yeah, exactly. That's I part mean, of it. That you know, being down in Mexico and playing, it was awesome to see how passionate both sides people were. And when someone did get hit, they understood when it was okay. I was trying to come in and I hit you. It happens. Or the guy, you know, pimped a home run and then you smoked the next dude. Like you know, it's like everybody goes, yeah. "Well, you had that coming." Sorry. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, well, you know, you take your medicine and go to first. You know, it's just what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so. The the side of the major leagues that always bothers me is when someone does miss inside, like you know the Wainwright Puig thing, and people get all bent out of shape, like oh you're in the major leagues and you should be able to locate better than that. Well, it was an O2 fastball and he tried to go two seam inside. Sometimes you miss. By the way, you're missing by an inch. 
You know, yeah. and, and I, I try to explain to people you have this room for error. I explain it as like shotgun spray, where you know you have this little window that if you hit your spot, it goes where you want it to. Well, if you miss by that much, half an inch or an inch, you're gonna smoke a dude, and that's the, yeah. the consistency of that. And you know, he hit Puig, and Puig didn't react. You know, Adrian Gonzalez just comes out, and he gets all bent out of shape. But in the same sense, I'm like, come on, man, it's baseball. Like people get hit, like. I don't care yeah. if you're throwing a hundred miles an hour or not. Like, it's what ha- it's the risk you have of getting in the game. You know. Exactly right, and, and as long as nobody's head hunting, I don't really see a problem with it. Because if you're upset about it, then you can smoke my guy. Yeah. But I I lose the whole point where we where we do it to get even, and somebody gets on first base. Yeah. Then he's still second base. He gets bunted over, and there's a fly ball. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like what like. You're putting a guy on base. What's all this huge, like, uh, like get on base stats that we have now? It's what we played in college. We called it shoot box. Our coach's name was uh, uh, Brian Shoop, and he played the odds. Like, if the first guy gets on base, if like there's a freebie and it's the, coming out of the shoot, like the first batter, it's like a 65% chance he's going to score. 65%. Yeah. It's like, I'll take those odds all day. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I don't care yeah, who's pitching, whatever it is, and that. you're gonna you put it on. All baseball season, you don't see that. And, like, in mm-hmm. Mexico, I saw it all the time where it was like, oh, the situation calls for it, three-hole up, oh, you're butting the guys over first and second. Like, or exactly. You're trying, to, you're trying to do some kind of chop play to get the ball moving to see what happens. But instead, like, when you get to the show, and that's why, like, I love facing affiliated guys or people up there and then doing these advanced sequences where I'm like, huh, change up inside, righty. <laughs> Four-seam change up inside, woof. They're like, what was that? I'm like, ah, well, you know, hey, it's uh, I don't have to throw the ball where you want it. I don't have to come up and throw a first pitch fastball. I can come up and just go, yeah, or yeah, you know, just throw a little bit. And, and everybody's like, oh, you won't throw me your best fastball. It's like, why not throw my best pitch in the best location? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. As a hitter, and um, I get the part where you want somebody to come after you with a fastball because there's a whole lot, there's a sense of pride that comes along with it. It's like, I'm, but. As a pitcher, it's less important that you flex in front of everybody that's there and more important team-wise that however it needs to happen, I'm going to try to get this out, this guy out. And if it's one of those things where I'm going to throw three sliders, starting at the knees, going down, if you chase three, I'm not apologizing. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, like that's not my fault. Like, you shouldn't have been swinging. You should have a 3-0 count now, but you're a moron. Like, don't – like, that's not <laughs> yeah. my fault. Exactly. Yeah, so, I've heard – I heard that a lot in, in, in my career. People mistake my cutter for a slider and like, you won't throw me a fastball. And someone's like, that, that kind of is a fastball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you know what? You, you should get out of that in high school. In high school, that carried a little bit of weight because most people are just going to throw fastballs. And the curveball is like, oh, did you see that? But it's not something you can throw for a strike. Yeah. We're at the point now, if you can throw three pitches for a strike on both sides of the plate, you're going to be effective, and you should be respected as somebody that's going to locate at whatever the count is, whatever the pitch they feel like can get you out. Yeah. This is not something like, well, I got the best of you this time because obviously I'm a bigger man than you are. Like that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like this yeah. is a thinking man's game now. We're <laughs> yeah, way exactly. we're way past the bowing up. And I'm just going to make you look bad. Like that doesn't happen anymore. It's like, oh really? You just hit a ball off my forehead. Not cool. <laughs> you just hit a ball off my forehead. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, you got me that time. Like I knew better than that. Like what well, am I doing? Way, there's way more for you to lose as a pitcher is what I've seen. You know, even a tryout setting or in a game or whatever, for you to throw a fastball and a fastball count, you know, 
instead of playing the odds, you know, like, you know, everybody's talking about walking guys and this and that, but I feel like if you're, like you're saying, if you're around the zone, I don't even feel like you have to be perfect on it. You can be something with movement, like a sinker, like a cutter, like a two seam, and be down a little bit and not necessarily have the guy comfortable, but just throwing different things. You know, that's that's just my philosophy. You're going to, you know, you're going to ride or die with a two seam, I'm sorry, with a sinker, but you're going to move it in and out, up and mm-hmm. down, you know, and that's almost like the same thing, you know, what I'm saying. And then, you know, okay, he's he's going to throw, you know, sinker inside, sinker inside, and then he throws slider, starts in the same slot. Next thing you know, you got the guy waving at it. And so, that's the part of the game that I enjoy, and you know when I if I go to a major league game, I always want to sit by and own plate and not sit next to the Yahoo that yells, you know, the Tiger Woods get in the hole, slash yeah. get yeah. out of here, ball every yeah, time. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I love you appreciating, you know, Tim. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying know. to watch somebody be beautiful with their craft right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, guys exactly. hammered eating a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah, you know, this guy's trying to explain to his son his Walmart gloves. Those are his. Like, if the ball goes up, you gotta yell, "Get out of here!" Otherwise, it's not gonna go. It's like that's wrong with that's what's wrong with our youth right now. That kid should never play past six years old. Don't let it happen. That are given to me. All right. No. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But gosh. Yeah, but I, I really think it. Um, you know, like lastly, I think it's important that uh, you have an idea of what you're going to do up there per day based on what kind of team that you're facing and you make adjustments as they make adjustments. You don't make adjustments because it's the second time through the order. If they are failing to make adjustments, then they will see sinkers underneath the hands over over their under their barrel all day long. Yeah. And I'll bring it back off the, from off the plate, back on the plate against the lefty yeah. because they think the ball is inside, so obviously it should be easy to hit. Okay. Show me. You know? <laughs> show me. Show me, and and until until somebody actually does get their hands through and and, and hit something up the middle off that, then I'm not going to change what I'm doing. And so I think it's important that uh, people want to hop around and, and do some fancy stuff. But I think it's also um, really important that you know what you do well and you stick with what you do well. And until somebody else shows you that they can handle that, then you stick with it and you just make them eat it. I really think that's important because um, we we you know. There's a certain, like, I was never good at throwing a whole bunch of pitches well. Like, I got to the point where I could throw this pitch. I got, all right, I got I got two pitches today. Like, and if I have to, I'll reach in the bag and I'll throw this other one. Okay, in high school it wasn't like that because I didn't recognize, like, a quality pitch and a non-quality pitch. It's like, oh, that one moved this way, that one moved that way. Like, yeah. the, both of those are kind of bad. Like, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> neither of them are good. They're not terrible, but uh, whatever. But, like, you want to know what you do well. And then you just want to you just want to lean on that. And I think it's important that when people learn how to throw pitches and they they're discovering themselves as a pitcher that they really hone in their craft and put in the work of repetition to where when the guy puts down a three, you can you can locate a slider. You're not just throwing it. You can throw it correctly and it does what you want and it's an effective pitch. And instead of just going up there and ripping and roaring, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. That's not going to get you signed. That's not going to get you looked at. They want to see can you do it over and over again for six innings. Show me. If not, then you're just another one of the guys. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree totally. It's, you know, going out and, you know, that's one of the things that I that I pride myself on is being consistent. And, you know, I matched the most amount of innings I've ever thrown in a season. Uh, you know, I was <laughs> funny story. I was one strikeout away in a game that I was winning from a hundred for the season, and my manager pulled me out in my last start. And on, on like a the f- 
only walk of the game on a 13-pitch at bat, where with two outs in the eighth inning, he took me out with a runner on first, and and that was my 94th pitch. And I was like, what are we doing? And he's like, ah, you know, it's the end of the year. You know, we're not going to make playoffs. You might get moved up, this and that. But, uh, you know, we'll just uh, – we're going to make change. I'm like, you know if I strike out one more guy, I got 100, right? And he's like, well – oh. Oh, well, we already made the change, so I don't say Oh, you're trying to cut my heart out. Yeah. You're doing it. Thank yeah. you. There's Thank you. There's gonna be two nines right there. Like you under I was like, when have you ever done a hundred of anything? Like, <laughs> Those are two nines. Do you know what comes next? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it was it was really fun and, and just like you were saying, you know, with your sinker for you to show it for be a strike and not be a 